This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, loyal listeners. Due to a technical error on my part, the segment containing the synopsis of Amazing Spider-Man number 300 was rendered unusable. I'm terribly sorry about that, and please enjoy the rest of the episode. everyone welcome back once again to the mcu Lorecast. uh today's uh, another one of our character episodes we're going to be deep diving into some hardcore lore with a special guest today yes indeed we have with us uh teacup of the dragon age assassin's creed and holocron histories podcasts welcome teacup yeah great to be here today's character is venom because he got such a bad rap in the last movie we just had to kind of fix it a little bit so we're going yeah. to we're going to talk about why we like this character some of the things we don't like about the character and uh some comic book lore for those of you who are interested in that we are not for the snubbing that venom got in spider-man 3 and we weren't really for most of what happened in <laughs> spider-man 3 <laughs> so There's we're gonna that. try to we're gonna try to give our our guy a little bit more of a fair shot here. Uh, deep dive into what makes him so interesting. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we give Spider-Man 3 a lot of crap, but it gave us one of the best Tobey Maguire gifts of all time. Yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> that um, that black shirt montage down the street with the finger guns and the, yeah, <laughs> it was beautiful. If I had a dollar for every memeable moment in the original three Spider-Man movies starring Tobey Maguire, I'd be a very wealthy lady. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Raimi. Jazz hands are totally a superpower. Go, Web, go. Web, <laughs> go. Um, but to get us kind of back here. Uh, so we're going to open it to, to Teacup here first. What was your first experience with uh, Venom? All right, so I will preface this in saying, and don't hate on me, I am a more of a DC person than, an, than a Marvel person. Uh, when it comes to movies, I do prefer the MCU for the most part, but everything else I prefer the DC universe. Um, so I grew up around the Batman animated series. And so then just kind of like right around there was the Spider-Man animated series. And so that was my first interaction, both to Eddie Brock and to Venom. I mean, that is, it's a fair, it's a fair shake. I don't mind the DC comics. Uh, my wife's a big fan of them. And I, I think it's, I think it's appropriate for uh, most of us of this, of this era and, and age, right? Like if you were watching Batman, the animated series, you were more than likely also watching the Spider-Man one at some point. Cause that's mm-hmm. the same, uh, the same place that I was introduced to Venom was the, the animated series. So Right. Yeah. And it's not that I don't like Marvel. I do. I just tend to gravitate more to the DC stories. But I think we're three for three on the animated series being our first exposure to Venom. So Uh, it is the one that was most, I guess, 
commercially available, uh, you know, easiest to get a hold of. You don't have to go buy a book. And for us of that age, I mean, a comic book or even uh, some other book, it just would have been more of a bottleneck to get a hold of. So, mm-hmm. okay. What is your favorite rendition of Venom then? Well, Spider-Man 3 is at the bottom, obviously. <laughs> um. I think that's the same for most people's. I think that I have to go with the animated series. And I think I just have to, like, I tend to be someone who uh, just prefers the comic books in animation, uh, just because I feel like there's a lot more freedom in storytelling that you can do in animation than you can in live action. Mm. And so, yeah, definitely, definitely feel that, preferring that. But I also just feel like with the other iterations, especially the 2018 Venom movie, and then I I actually have not seen the Venom 2, let, let There Be Carnage or whatever it's called. So I feel like the point of like Venom's kind of like anti-hero, like villain status, I feel like the movies took it more to an extreme than anything else like that. Yeah. And so I prefer the animated series because I feel like they kept his dark overtone without like making it too terrifying. Yeah, that's that's probably a good point. Though some of that was most likely due to the to the hamstring the the cartoon had to go through just to get made. Like Spider Man couldn't punch people, and so for a kids show to have someone as grisly as Venom who ate people, yeah, they had to kind of tone him back, and so they they kept the the big "I'm going to destroy you" overarching personality, but they kind of like undercut. Yeah, I'm also going to like disembowel you at any given point in time. Definitely. I remember, I do remember when they advertised Venom for the animated series. And like, I remember watching that and be like, oh, a black Spider Man. And it's like, no, he's not just a black suit Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just one of his facets, one of his ways that he right. appeared, not necessarily standalone, even like the 2018 movie with Tom Hardy. Right. And so, like, and like his powers aren't really like Spider-Man in a lot. Like they're kind of like Spider-Man, but they're also not like Spider-Man. Well, uh, let's see. He he's got the the webbing. He's got the textured grip. Uh, he's got the. I believe he develops his own spider sense after being bonded with Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Then the symbiote itself grants the user uh, supernatural strength. Mm-hmm. With Spider-Man, it just made it was just a compounding factor like he's already super strong the suit's also strong just like bam what about you shanko what's your favorite i really enjoyed in the comics the agent venom storyline where flash thompson became bonded with the venom symbiote i thought the suit looked cool the story was awesome um Mm -hmm. and i thought he was just really cool (laughs) i love that suit the tactical look with the helmet and the really bold spider logo can you imagine the MCU's Flash Thompson getting oh, Venom? God, no. <laughs> no. That is, no. <laughs> it was obvious that when they were casting Flash for Spider-Man for the MCU, uh, there was no indication that they were going to be doing Agent Venom with this character, like, no. at all. No, I don't think he's, um, he's not the right type. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just um, picturing his like little head on the big Agent Venom body. <laughs> right. Yeah. I could uh, see I could see the Andrew Garfield Flash Thompson. Yes. Being the Agent no. Venom. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's 
he's his physicality is bigger. Just like yeah, there's just there's more to him that that says I would have joined the army and gotten my legs blown off in that character than uh, the MCU's Flash Thompson. Yeah, because that's a big important part to that Flash is, and this was after the big reboot that we do not talk about, but we will definitely talk about. Flash goes off, he gets real hurt, and he's amputated from the knees knees down. And so the government's like, yeah, we've got a new project that we uh, we're looking for a strong hearted volunteer for. And you have, uh, you know, you're big fans of like Spider-Man and Captain America. So how about you? And yeah, they so they bond him to the uh, Venom suit and it gives him back his legs for while he's bonded to it. And that one's my favorite, too. That's the most heroic of the Venoms, like all the others skirt a very dark line with with a you know with a definite valley when it was bonded to mac gargan but the height for him is when he's bonded to flash thompson as agent venom and that's it makes it one of my favorites too it's on my list of books to collect at one point is all the uh, agent venom comics and uh it's on my list of cosplays at some point once i get better with like eva and stuff it's interesting like how so really we've gotten we have spider-man 3 and then the two venom movies are in mcu versions of venom yeah and i shanko and i disagree as to whether or not to count the the hardy movies as part of the mcu because they're sony like just like morbius is sony uh right and that's that whole like just because they pulled him over for that you know spoiler here they pulled him over for that teaser at the end of no way home um Mm -hmm. doesn't really make him mcu and i kind of hope they I, i really hope they don't continue to try to merge that a whole lot like let let sony do what sony is doing with their ips and then you know marvel will buy them at some point and we can get better stuff right it's morbid time i actually <laughs> haven't seen that no i've been actively avoiding watching morbius <laughs> my boyfriend, most of the fandom <laughs> my boyfriend rented it it was at my house and i looked at the dvd sitting on the coffee table and i went no, not today. Not a fan. Not a fan of Jared Leto. Uh, I'm scared. So I just said, just right. take it back to Redbox. It'll be fine. I'll watch it at some point when I'm inevitably forced. <laughs> Captain America, not today. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I could do this you- all day. I'm not, doing- I'm not watching that. I do think it would be interesting to see Tom Holland Spider-Man go up against Venom whether it's bonded to Eddie Brock or somewhere else, or even if it gets bonded to Peter Parker and this kind of mm. thing. I just think that the way that Tom Holland plays, plays Spider-Man and Peter Parker, it would be like a problem he hasn't faced really before. Yeah. Cause um, everyone has been kind of like either I have some connection to Tony Stark or some universal thing is happening. Yeah. That, that one is, it's, I want to say it's the crutch of the MCU is that someone somehow is related to either Stark's like technology or they're related to something else that's peripherally related to that. Everything coming from this one source. So to have that outside factor come in and it would be a great opportunity to bring in a great live action version of the black suit because Mm -hmm. Spider-Man threes sucked. Yeah, I think 
I think it would be really awesome. And also like, that's one of the reasons why I like Multiverse of Madness so much is that it didn't have anything to do with Stark or really the Avengers or anything. Yeah, yeah, it charts its own path, kind of. Mm. So I think like having it come into Tom Holland's world, because I do think that even though he kind of plays a like popular kid, Peter Parker, which I'm not a big fan of, but I think he plays an interesting Peter Parker. I I felt he he brought a very like accident Parker to life. I yeah. think I feel like like Garfield was the very hip, cool Parker, and mm. uh, and McGuire's was just the nerd. Like yeah, I'm just gonna bury my nose in a textbook kind of kind of guy. Do you have a favorite story teacup that involves Venom? Mm. Favorite story? Yeah. See, I can't. I need to go back and rewatch the amazing spider-man to figure that out but i can't really think about it um yeah i'm gonna have to go back uh, i'm gonna <laughs> take a rain check on that okay uh, even though i haven't read the agent venom comic series hearing you two talk about it really kind of piques my interest to see venom more in that hero role than the i gonna eat people yeah uh, and that was like i like that was the like the nice breather the, and difference and even the symbiote like later when it it rebonds with brock has an opportunity in one of the stories it kind of I, I guess it stores genetic material of its hosts they somehow bring flash back from that and the, the symbiote's like oh heck yes this guy i love riding along with this guy let's do it real quick yeah so like even the symbiote likes that idea of being the hero more than just the uh even more than an anti-hero or the uh, villain like it got painted a couple of times and i do love like stories of something that can learn and adapt and grow in its own way and like the fact that the venom symbiote is changed by everyone that it bonds with um even when it bonds with peter and goes back to eddie and and the amazing spider-man and like that's how eddie learns that peter parker is spider-man and that whole thing right i actually genuinely enjoyed the first Venom movie starring Tom Hardy. I I saw Let There Be Carnage and it was not nearly, I don't think, as good as the 2018. So, I mean, as far as just some a story of Venom that I kind of enjoy, I really thoroughly enjoyed watching Tom Hardy look so gross and uncomfortable for almost two hours straight. Um, <laughs> I feel like they're like, hey, you're a good looking guy, but guess what we're going to do? We're going to hose you down, make you nice and dirty, drag you through a couple of alleys. You're going to look terrible the whole time because you've got this parasite, right? And it's going to remind you constantly that it doesn't want to be called a parasite. Art. <laughs> also, I will say that like the kind of end before the credit scene of them in the convenience store where he takes down the the like protection thug guy and like half of the venom recedes to show Tom Hardy's face. And then it's like, <laughs> I laughed a lot of that. You're going to be rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. Yeah. I guess I need to see that. I, okay, I will admit, I haven't seen the first venom uh, with Tom Hardy. Did you only watch Let There Be Carnage? I haven't seen either of them. Oh, Skip it. To me. Save yourself the heartbreak. It could have yes. been fantastic. And it made me sad. I will say that the Venom 2018, it kind of does get this kind of formula right that kind of like Thor Ragnarok does where like enough balance between comedy and seriousness, whereas like not all of the Marvel does that. 
It definitely yeah. followed a different format than your typical superhero movie. And I think it had to because it, it, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, he literally just bites guys' heads off and, and eats them. He's not a good thing. But he only no. is allowed to kill bad people, according to Eddie. So it's, it, it kind of works itself out. Right. Um, and it's like, it's very much a like, I'm not a good person, but these people, my other friends are worse. So, yeah, I mean, I think, too, it's maybe not the best superhero movie to exist, but it's by far not the worst one to exist. I, I can sit down and watch it without too many complaints. That's saying something because I, I have feelings about several movies. My favorite story actually involves a PlayStation game. I loved the hell out of Spider-Man 2 Enter the Electro. And in it, Spider-Man has to team up with Venom at some point, and they have to work together to take down Carnage. And I just, there's this one moment in it where Spider-Man's having to like, he's getting on to Venom, being like, no, you can't, you can't eat people. Stop it. And Venom's like, but I'm hungry. (laughs) But, you know, that, so like, as a kid, I played the hell out of that game. So that's that's my favorite story. It's it's not a comic book issue or anything, but the way that one was acted out was just was just great. Yeah, it, that game was so great, and it still I feel stacks up to now. I would, as a whole adult, however many years since that game has come out, sit cool. down and thoroughly enjoy every minute of that game. Spider Man Two for the PS Two. I, too, sunk a lot of time into that game. <laughs> I, this one was for the PlayStation. Uh, this was before even yeah. the open sandbox world of Spider-Man 2, the movie. This was, ah, oh, we've got some comic book characters. Let's just mash them all into a, a video game real quick, and we'll come up with a loose storyline, and it'll all be fine. I might have gotten my games mixed up. I think that was actually just Spider-Man for the PlayStation, but I also played the hell out of Enter the Electro. So goes uh, for both. <laughs> yeah. So how would you like to see the character like grow or change? I am interested to see kind of like, at least from the MCU perspective, I would be interested to watch the MCU take a much darker um, path than it normally does with Venom. Mm. And kind of, it's not really a change to a character, but would be a change to how the MCU deals with Marvel characters. Because like the joke is now like, oh, DC is the dark and brooding storylines and the mcu is the flashy funny comic book storylines and like the truth is is both universes have both elements in them and so i would like to see kind of that go in there and the mcu kind of deal with the issues around like morality and other things like that in a real way and not kind of like a surface level way that they tend to do when they're popular movies yeah yeah that would that'd be nice to it's not just the 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 fight it's also like uh but what does the fight do to me <laughs> yeah right the mcu just doesn't doesn't really get into it got into like a lot i'd say dark was you know the end of um the the end of the infinity saga there mm-hmm. but that is its darkest moment except like now the second strange movie which was very horror based so i would say that that's also very dark but mm-hmm. so those two but those two things aside, you're right. The rest of it is all it's real light. I think Marvel too tends to spin their stories a little bit more in a way where 
there is a good outcome. The dark times don't last forever. DC tends to linger in that darkness just a little bit longer. And a lot of the characters are kind of built around that because Superman has recently risen from the dead in the DC movies and Batman is just who he is. I don't know if you saw the Batman. It was two hours of Robert Pattinson being emo. It's on my list. Yeah. She cut my wife. She hates Batman. So it's something I have to watch by myself. (laughs) So she likes DC better, but she hates Batman. Well, I think she probably would say she likes Marvel better. Yeah. See, my wife loves DC. She loves Batman. (laughs) Would really love to see like Sheik up in her talk for like five minutes on that. I think that'd be hilarious to watch. See, I love the. I'm in a Discord call. Hang up. Yeah, I'm in the bat more into the bat family than I am to just Batman. Um, But because Dick Grayson is actually my favorite character. What about you, Shanka? Where you? Where would you like to see Venom go? All right. How would I want Venom to appear in subsequent films? I don't know. It Venom 2018 did a perfectly fine job introducing Venom to the big screen. I think, like I said before, I kind of enjoyed watching Tom Hardy look absolutely miserable throughout that. As you would, I think, while getting used to having an alien parasite taking over your body. So I don't necessarily want to see that undone. I think maybe a better Venom-Peter Parker combo than what we got in Spider-Man 3 might be due for a reappearance. Um, I wouldn't even mind because I know there are talks about Tobey Maguire doing another Spider-Man movie, maybe giving him another shot at it and seeing if a Marvel influence can make that work out better for him. Um, Because I don't think Tom Holland's Spider-Man has... They already tried to visit his dark side in No Way Home. Um, So I think trying it out with a different Spider-Man might be an interesting take moving forward through there. For me, they've done so much with with Venom. I mean, back and forth with Eddie Brock, a couple other hosts, real dark with the Dark Avengers during the the comic book line. Scroll invasion happened where it was bonded to Mac Gargan and he was he was the Avengers Spider-Man and he sucked at it so much on an MCU level. Maybe we can just skip Brock. We, you know, we introduce the symbiote. We do the black suit Spider-Man for a little while. And then maybe we just jump right to Agent Venom or you know, something else. Uh, there's a whole war now involving the symbiotes with the Black King, uh, Null, and the, their home world and all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot of potential. Uh, just, I, it, would be, it would be interesting to see what the you know marvel studios decides to do with it all and i was so much potential i'd be worried that you know what happens when you have too many choices and you don't really pick any one thing that's what Spider-Man i'm afraid is gonna happen but spider-man 3 was intervention on this on the executive side which just disables everything but yeah that's that's where i think like the future would or i think i would like that to see so with that done, we'll go to our mid-break here real quick. Welcome to the mid-break. We hope you have been enjoying these episodes so far. We have no new reviews to read here yet. If you're listening to this one, you're like, yeah, I really like how they're talking about Venom. Toss us a review or send us a five-star on Spotify. Either one, we'll take it. But again, 
huge thank you to everyone who's been listening and talking to us on the Robots Radio Discord. Yet again, we were just talking about Wolverine. Yay. <laughs> and express how much I love talking about Wolverine. <laughs> anyway, so thank you all for listening. And we hope it's been an interesting part of your day or, or whatever. So thank you. Keep telling your friends. Keep liking the Facebook page and the Instagram and keep retweeting us. We see it all. We appreciate everyone. And thank you all so much for all the love. All right. Who's ready to talk comics? Let's go. What do you got for us today, Psych? I have two fundamental stories to just go over real quick. It will just be the introduction of the black suit and the introduction of Venom. What we have first is Amazing Spider-Man number 252. It's the cover that everyone thinks about when they think about the black suit in relation to comic books. It's got him. He's got he's holding two people and he's swinging through and it's saying introducing the new Spider-Man. The rumors are true. So where this picks up is right after the events of Marvel superheroes, secret wars where several superheroes were tossed together into a battle world by the beyonder, which the cartoon did a fairly decent job of bringing that storyline to life. Just, it didn't include him getting the symbiote suit here because they'd already done a different introduction for venom in the cartoon at that time. So we open with, uh, you know, Jay Jonah Jameson and uh, Joe Robertson kind of going over the newspaper Jameson, as usual, is wanting to blame everything on Spider-Man and Robertson as now the new editor-in-chief. He's like, yeah, but no, we're, we're not going to shirk our integrity here on rumor. Finally, someone standing up to Jameson here. Out in Central Park, we've got officers and reporters gathering about because there's this massive construct that's just appeared and out leaps Spider-Man in the new black and white He's carrying Kurt and he's like, hey, I, I need some help here with Kurt Connors and get, you know, gets him something to drink. There's some miscommunication because, hey, Spider-Man's not in his usual uh, red and blues here. So the cops almost open fire on him. Thankfully, the Avengers arrive like shortly thereafter and bail him out again. He's he does he does some other you know webhead stuff and you know, getting some new clothes and, and whatnot, because literally the reason he's wearing the suit is because his old one was ripped to like shreds and that was his only clothing. So he needs clothes. But he goes and hits up one of his you know, high holes of backpacks that he's got stashed all over NYC. Now that uh, after that, he drops off Connors and he runs, he runs home in the process of you know changing out of his costume. The costume shape shifts into straight clothing for him. And he's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's new. Maybe I should get this checked out, but you know, I'll, I'll do it later. You know, how this much is, is just that? convenient now. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and how much of that is already the symbiote kind of pushing its will on him to be like, no, 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 this is fine. This is fine. All's good. And how You're much safe. of that is, and how much of that is him just being like, I've got too much other stuff to do right now to worry about my clothes, just changing form, but whatever. The secret wars that's that happened, this has been going on for days. And, you know, Parker just disappeared one day. 
that's that's how you know that's how it rolls you know he disappeared at the same time a bunch of other superheroes disappeared and somehow nobody puts the two and two together but whatever so he's been missing for days now so he's gotta he's gotta go through and put his life kind of back together you know call that may you know know, find out some other stuff and also try to get a hold of felicia uh the black cat has had a separate storyline going on where she's been making some sort of uh devil's deal with the kingpin so you know there that's been going on that's really not important here spider-man is he he finally gets a chance to rest but he he can't like do it so he's like all right fine i'll go out on patrol i guess and as he's making the decision the costume that he like had draped across a chair on the other side of the room like slithers over to him and like puts itself back on him and he's like all right it only not only shapeshifts it does that all right <laughs> whatever and he immediately puts that off and he goes off to do his web swinging thing he helps out a couple teenagers and it it leaves off on a high note of how the city brings out the best in himself which is like severe foreshadowing <laughs> that's our introduction to the black suit it's a fun story so if you ever get the the opportunity to to read it it's it's fun it's called homecoming which is hilarious considering how that got reused you know later by mcu for uh tom holland spider-man and i think it's mm-hmm. yeah i think it's interesting like how subtle the venom symbiote is in this introduction versus like because i've watched the 2018 most recently that's what's in my brain where like it's so invasive yeah and like in there and like in this version, Spider-Man doesn't even know it's there until later. Yeah, it's even more subtle than even the you know, Spider-Man three paints it out to be. Like because like the Spider-Man three is where it starts. They started the idea of the the symbiote kind of taking over, and Parker's going to go do some patrolling while asleep or or whatever. And he wakes, you know, he, he wakes up to have the oh hey I'm out and about. That's cool. I mean, the cartoon did it too. So I, I, I don't, that's not here in the very first introduction. It's just, hey, I can change for you. I can do things for you. I can be your friend. Right. When you said that the suit could shape shift, and then when he thought about it, it like crawled across the floor, I went, oh, the suit is a cat. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> It's like you're always there, kind of annoying, but I like you and I feed you. When you said like, because like the suit seems in this intro just seems to like respond to Spider-Man's thoughts and like the things he's thinking. It made me think of like Edith and Tom Holland's like whole thing where like she, it's basically how his suit works, just not a parasite. Do you think we're going to see, I don't know if you saw all the new Marvel stuff from the comic-con launches and announcements and all that i know that they are doing secret wars at the end of the new phase do you think they might try to bring in the venom storyline through secret wars they might they maybe it probably wouldn't be a bad idea i don't but it would all depend on how it's handled yeah it could go one of two ways and i don't think there's going to be much of a gray zone no uh that's that's it what i've got for for comic book lore as those two issues and figure that's that's enough for for people to get a taste of it well we will come to the end here teacup 
as we introduced, you have several things that you do. Why don't you tell everyone about them? So you can find me in all kinds of places. I am a host on three different podcasts, the Dragon Age Lorecast, the Assassin's Creed Lorecast, and the Holocaust History Podcast. So that's Dragon Age, Assassin's Creed, and Star Wars, Disney's other big project. So yeah, you can find me there. You can find me on several discords, just all teacup92. Find me there. Reach out to us on Twitter. All right, Shanko, any last words? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of topics. I think we went through a lot of comic history. And I'm looking forward to next week. We're going to be talking yeah. Iron Man, right? Yeah. Getting into the getting into the MCU phase one. Yep. This will this episode will conclude our first season of episodes. And we'll start season two with the MCU proper, the golden boy himself, Iron Man. Yeah. That was like 14 years ago. You don't remind us. We we are constantly reminded every time we film this show that we're all getting old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, Teacup. <laughs> That's okay. I had a teenager refer to Forrest Gump as one of those old bad '80s movies. Oh no! No, not Forrest. <sighs> yeah. Oh, it's a classic. Okay, tell that tell that teenager to get some culture. That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> first of all, Forrest Gump came out in 1994. But yeah, there's that. <laughs> Second, oh. Tom Hanks is a national treasure. How yes. dare they disrespect Tom Hanks? It's just awful. That's just disrespectful. One of those bad 80s movies. Not even eight. <laughs> Get the year right. All right. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. We hope you've appreciated it. And we'll catch you next week. Thank you. See you, everyone. As we all know, when it comes to making a movie, there are a lot of people working behind the scenes to make that movie magic happen. And it is no different when making a podcast. Welcome to the credit section of the MCU Lorecast. Captain Shanko and I would like to personally thank the following for their incredibly hard work and faith in us to get this podcast rolling. Tom, the head of the Robots Radio Network, for hosting and mentoring. In Seven Legend of the Mass Effect Lorecast for inspiration, Genesis and Vervada of the Two Girls One Ship podcast for introducing us, Let's Not, a fellow tabletop gamer and friend for the amazing artwork, Pipe Men, a veteran and friend for the outstanding music, our significant others for believing in and supporting us through this, and you, our fans without whom this would be a vanity project. Let us know how we're doing by leaving us a review on Apple or a rating on Spotify. And to quote Stan the Man, enough said. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.